What's going on there, youth workers? Paul Turner here from thediscipleproject.net. Here with another episode of the Youth Ministry Motion Podcast, the podcast that wants to keep you motivated and your youth ministry moving forward. How are you today? I hope that you're doing awesome. I am doing awesome. I am back from camp. I am back from vacation. I am feeling somewhat refreshed. And uh, I have things to say. And that's why I have this podcast, because I have things to say. And let me tell you something. I had a great time at camp. Now, we're going to have, uh, I'm going to have an episode coming up soon about what I learned at camp. And hopefully that will be beneficial to you, uh, even if you didn't do a camp this year. Uh, there's just little life lessons and little life nuggets that I, uh, that I picked up on uh, going back to camp after a four-year uh, lapse uh, where I did not go to camp. So yeah, last time I went to camp, uh, I was not yet 50 years old. So <laughs> so yeah, camp hits differently. I have to tell you, and I'll get into that in another episode. But uh, if you're brand new here to the show, thank you for uh, hanging out with me. I appreciate you being a part today. If you're brand new, man, kick the tires, uh, get into it, take notes, and uh, I hope you enjoy it. I hope that uh, this is your jam, and I hope that you'll get together with me every week as I share some wisdom about youth ministry, what I'm learning, what, I, what I've learned, what I am still learning, and uh, and hopefully what I will learn in the future. And I'll share all that with you. Now, today's topic, I know you're, you're going to say, Paul, are you a conspiracy theorist of some kind? Are you just negative on youth ministry? And you're, you're you know, you have this kind of a apocalyptic uh, tone. <laughs> I'm like, no, I, I'm not. I'm just, I'm a realist in a lot of ways uh, because I've been in this thing for so long and I've seen what I've seen and felt what I've felt and experienced what I've experienced that, uh, listen, I just don't, uh, I don't sugarcoat it. Uh, I, I can't, I can't afford to sugarcoat it and I can't afford to sugarcoat it towards you, especially you, if you're brand new in the ministry, if you're, even if you're a veteran, you know, we can forget the things that, uh, that complicate our lives in youth ministry and being a part of youth ministry. And so I, I'm not, well, once again, I'm not trying to be negative on it. I am just trying to be a realist because I think the more we go into something, understanding the reality of it, uh, is always helpful and will help you, uh, move forward in ministry. If you understand what's there, I think Jesus nailed it. You know, when he told his disciples, say, look, you think they persecuted me? Well, let me tell you, they're going to persecute you just like they persecuted me. And when we get into religious organizations like churches, well, guess what? We are surrounded sometimes by the very people who oppose the things that we're doing because we're trying to get kids to know Jesus. We're trying to uh, impart life. We're, and there are complications. And those are the things I want to talk about. Today. I want to talk about the risks. I want to talk about the risks of youth ministry, the nine risks of youth ministry. Now, before we get into all that, I want to talk about uh, something I recently did with my students. Uh, we had an epic Nerf night and I decided, well, look, I can pass this along to those that are listening. So if you're looking to do something for the fall and you say, I would like to have an epic Nerf night. Well, I have put together an entire little PDF, about 12 pages, and it has, uh, I put together theme nights. I put together games you can play. I put together how you, uh, you know, structure um, getting the guns out to your students, things like that. And if you're interested in that, I did a video on it and I put a PDF together. So I'm going to put the, both the links down in the show notes there. And if you, if you sign up, all you have to do to get the PDF is sign up for my newsletter. And some of you didn't even know I had a newsletter, but I send that out twice a month and I handpick articles and videos 
and I do youth ministry tweet of the week, youth ministry Instagram of the week, that kind of thing, just for inspiration, just to give you a little bit of hope. And, and the things I send out are there not just as information, which, which it is, but it's also there for inspiration to say, look, here's some things that are happening that may inspire you, that may give you hope, that might encourage you. And that's really what I want to do is just be an encouragement to you a couple of times a month, sending out what I call the youth ministry roundup. So if you are interested in having an epic nerf night, let me tell you something. I even put in there, I put in there the deals on Amazon. I put in there, you know, where you can find, you know, some great deals on nerf guns. Uh, you know, I, I, my find, I found 28 nerf guns online for 80 bucks. I think that's about 360, 365, something like that, a gun. And if you can get it for that price, you're doing pretty well. In fact, I may just go into business and just uh, and start doing uh, Nerf gun, Nerf gun events for churches. That's, uh, that's a serious thing I'm thinking about. I don't know. But I think that could happen. But anyway, uh, I hope that if you're interested in that, you will go ahead and check out the links down there. Go ahead and sign up for the newsletter. Get the uh, PDF of how to host an epic Nerf night. Lots of ideas in there. And I think you will enjoy it. So, all right. So let's go ahead and jump into today's episode, which is the nine risks of youth ministry. And to be honest, I wish this was a course. I wish this was a course that you could take in college, you know, just an online course. And maybe this is your online course. This is the course you should take if if you're serious about youth ministry. If you're, and once again, I'm not trying to be negative and I'm not some sort of conspiracy theorist. I'm just saying, look, these are real things that happen in churches all the time. And they're all at various points and levels of wherever you're at in ministry. It looks different when you're, you know, when you're 25 and it looks different when you're 45 and it probably will look different when I'm 65 a little bit. Uh, but at least you know they exist. You know that these risks are there. And if you're brand spanking new to youth ministry, well, my goal isn't to talk you out of youth ministry. It's simply to let you know that these things are real things. So let's go and start with number one. Number one is no one cares about your future but you. That is the risk you take, that you walk into a situation. And as much as, you know, a church is about family and as much as a, you know, church is about having each other's back, you're walking into an institution. You are a hired youth worker to do a job. Ultimately, though, you have to work on you. Nobody's going to work on you but you. No one is going to help you develop a life plan with goals, not your pastors, not your congregation, and certainly not your students. No one is going to tell you how many years you should stay in youth ministry, when to quit, how to invest your money, how to retire if you decide to stay in youth ministry long term. You have to come up with a plan. You have to be self-aware enough about what you're getting into and what you must do to take control of your life. You have to do it on day one. No one is coming to save you but you, so plan wisely. Number two risk that you uh, have in youth ministry is your expectations will not be met. Now, I know what you're saying. You're saying, Paul, that's a no-duh thing, Paul. That's no-duh. Well, I don't know. I think we all go into youth ministry uh, and we romanticize a little bit and we, we think these are the outcomes, right? We're going to see kids saved. We're going to see kids at the altar. We're going to have this wonderful thing. We're going to build a great team. And I don't think we think about how hard it is for that to happen because it requires a tremendous amount of effort on our part. Yes, the Lord does the work as well. He works in the fields with us. He is helping us. But ultimately, we are doing the work uh, that we're doing. We have to put in the time. We have to put in the hours. We have to deal with the relationships. We have to do all that. 
and we start thinking, we get our expectations so high of what we think we can achieve that we forget that it can all come crashing down. Listen, whatever you think the church is, toss it out and go ahead and read Paul's letters and you'll see that the church has not changed much. Don't romanticize your role or the role of the church because it's not going to meet your expectations. You're going to find out that nothing has much changed since the New Testament because you're going to find that people are still people. You're going to find that, uh, you know, I was just reading in Acts today that the whole reason that the Sadducees went after Peter and John in Acts chapter 5 is they were jealous of them, that there was popularity issues. There was, you know, of course, Sadducees didn't believe in the resurrection and Peter and John were preaching the resurrection, but out of just pure meanness, they just said, look, we're not going to allow that. And they, they sick people on them. And like I said, what you're going to find is that people are still people. And I find out too that, you know, well, I'll go to another church. The problem with going to another church is that those same archetypes of people in the church are, they just, they're still there. They're just wearing different faces. But there's these, there's that same thing going on there. And I think you have to be aware that no matter what church you're in, you must set your expectations to reasonable, not way over the moon. Now you can have faith. I'm not saying don't have faith. I'm saying set reasonable expectations for yourself. Jesus said, he said, set fair expectations. Talk about fair expectations. He says, in this life, you will have trouble. And then he gives you hope and says, but I have overcome the world. Stay positive, but have reasonable expectations. The third risk is that youth ministry is addicting. If you love results like I do, well, then when you see the results, the results of your hard work can become addicting in a in a bad way because you're you're trying so hard and you've hit these certain points and and you're trying to do this thing and when that thing gets accomplished you have so many people come or the numbers or whatever it may be you know that can become addicting and that's a risk you take that you, when you get into it you go well I didn't sign up for all of this but the problem is that once you're in it and once your ego's involved with it then you're you start making you know other decisions you know you start getting all this praise and and suddenly then people pleasing becomes a thing and can I tell you something people pleasing is addicting and so when you're in ministry and people are praising you for your efforts and you're doing all those things well you want to keep doing more of that that's the whole thing right you get into a cycle of doing it and sometimes you know, you forget the reasons you got into youth ministry in the first place because you wanted to see students come to Christ. You wanted to see, uh, you know, kids grow. You wanted to do things long term. And suddenly you find yourself making decisions that don't line up with that anymore. You start lining it up with what the expectations of others are and what their goals are and how to please them. And so it, just remember in youth ministry, youth ministry, ministry, I would say too, is just addicting in that, in that way because it involves personalities, it involves numbers, it involves all those little things that are in there. And so I would encourage you to consider uh, looking at your youth ministry and asking yourself, you know, what do I keep doing over and over again that doesn't line up with why I got into youth ministry in the first place? The fourth risk that you have to look at is that parents will turn on you. Listen, when you start, almost everyone will love you because they do not have to do your job or the people doing your job do not have to do it anymore, right? These parents who were filling in and so forth, they love you. They appreciate you. Thank you for being here. God bless you, so forth and so on. They're just thankful that they don't have to do it. 
the first time you change the program, discipline a student, or preach something controversial, you will get a call, an email, or a text of a parent sharing their displeasure. Parents care about just their kids and not the 10 or 20 others, just theirs. And if something is not working out for their kids, it's your fault. And I tell you this so you will not be surprised at what happens, much like Jesus warned the disciples and said, hey, look, troubles and tribulations are, are coming. Peter warned uh, the church in Rome and said, listen, when troubles happen, don't be shocked. Don't be shocked by this. Listen, I'm just telling you in advance that this is a risk you take, that you're going to displease somebody and you should do your best to take it in stride. The fifth risk that a youth worker is going to have to deal with is that teens will bail on you. And it doesn't matter how long that student's been there. Teens are fickle. Any number of things may tick them off. Like, I don't know the truth. Uh, that could that could be a thing that makes them mad. It could be that you're too liberal, too conservative, too young, too old, too funny, or too hip and cool, and they could just bounce. My advice, do not change for them. Be you, and students who love you for it will stay and let the others roll out. The sixth risk you need to be aware of is that the spiritual warfare is fierce. This goes for all ministry, not just youth ministry. You are entering an arena of personal relationships, opinions, systems, politics, sin, temptation, and hypocrisy. Yep, just like the early church. Nothing has changed. You better have a prayer life going in or one will come out of sheer survival mode. People are not your enemy, though, so don't treat them as such. These are the people God has brought to you, so embrace them as Jesus embraced them. The seventh risk you need to be aware of is that your senior pastor is not in charge of your spiritual development. In other words, the risk is that you will, be, you, you will become underdeveloped or under-spiritually nourished if, in fact, you were relying upon your senior pastor or lead pastor to take care of that for you. Some of you deeply want your, your pastor to help you, mentor you, and, and invest in you. And some of you are not getting that, and some of you are. And if you are, you should be grateful and thankful every day that you have a pastor that does that, because most pastors do not share this responsibility. And I can tell you, having worked in as many churches as I have, they want a turnkey ministry. They want to hire you and then send you off to go do that thing. And then they'll see you at staff meeting. They hired you to do a job, and that's it. Anything that grows out of that is gravy. Do not expect your pastor or the church to do for you what you should do for yourself, which is why I'm thrilled that you're listening to this podcast, because you are equipping yourself. You are feeding yourself. And by the way, that's, you know, talking about spiritual nourishment. You know, there's a lot of people who say, well, I'm not getting fed at this church. And I would say this, that, that you have to take control of that as well. You have to have a Bible reading plan. You have to have a prayer life. In all the years I've served, I can't remember a pastor asking me how my spiritual life was. They didn't ask me how my walk with the Lord was. They didn't ask me if, uh, if my journey, my discipleship journey was going well, because they didn't hire me for that. Once again, they hired me to do a job. And, you know, if I had problems or issues, I should just go to the altar, which I recommend. And I've been to plenty of altars in plenty of churches 
where I felt undernourished. But once again, I had to take control of that. I had to be in charge of that. Listen, if you are really looking for that type of feeding, if you really want somebody to care, you can always, you know, I'll put a link down in the show notes. You've heard me talk about it before about my monthly mentor. We had a killer, killer time uh, last week where we just talked about and we just kind of laid it all out there because we were all struggling with very, very similar things. And uh, we just had a, a come to Jesus meeting about it. And uh, it was a powerful time. So if you're interested in that type of feeding and that type of uh, community and camaraderie, uh, I invite you in and there'll be a link down in the show notes. Risk number eight, your motives will be suspect. Whatever you learned in college, no matter how old you are, you will be seen as competition. Maybe you'll be seen as competition for a parent's love or as a threat to the pastor because you're, and I say this in air quotes, such a good speaker. Keep your heart pure and your motives will be pure, but that does not mean you will not have to explain them. You don't get a pass. And risk number nine, and number nine is the church will break your heart over and over again. Your heart will be broken for many things, lost kids, a church that, in air quotes, doesn't work, betrayal, lack of faith, the lack of urgency, a focus on politics rather than the gospel, and the list goes on. Jesus experienced all of this and more. So if you think you're exempt, well, you're in for a big surprise. The whole goal is, is that you become more like Jesus and God uses everything, good and bad, to make that happen. If you're not interested in brokenness, I would encourage you to stay away from youth ministry and really stay away from ministry altogether because the church will break your heart. Of all the things that I wouldn't trade that I've experienced in ministry over my 31 years in is the brokenness. The brokenness is what made me more Christ-like and I hated the process, but I love the results. Yes, the church will break your heart, but it'll break your heart in a way the way God's heart breaks for us, the way Christ's heart breaks for his church. So yeah, brokenness is not only a risk, it's a requirement. Now listen, I didn't share all these nine risks to worry you, to make you mad, to talk you out of being a youth pastor, far from it. Uh, once again, uh, most of you got into this, your eyes were wide open, you already kind of knew. Some of you discovered along the way, but either way, you're still there, you're still serving, you're still in it, and I commend you because there are a lot of risks to it. But let me offer you a bonus risk, and that risk is you'll do it for the rest of your life. That's the biggest risk of all, is that you'll fall in love with the whole process, not with youth ministry necessarily, and not with ministry, but you'll fall in love with the process of watching kids grow and come into their faith. And if you're stuck for a leader that you need for camp, as I was, and I put the word out there, I had a student, former student, female student say, I'll come help you, Paul. Can I tell you something? That's one of those worth it all moments. And that reminds me of what a blessed man I am. All of us can't be so blessed, right? So guys, that's it for today, guys. I appreciate you guys so much listening today. If you enjoyed today's episode, uh, I'll leave a link down to iTunes where you can go leave a five-star review and uh, a few kind words. And I'll be happy to read that review on air next time on the show. And don't forget, if nobody's told you lately that you're doing a good job, you're doing a good job and you're only going to get better. 
Thanks for listening. And we'll catch you in the next episode.